All right, Wrestling With Theology fans, this is Pastor Doug Minton, and are you ready to dig deeper into the Psalms? This week, we are digging deeper into Psalm 74. And this is a wonderful psalm, again, from Asaph, labeled as a masculine, which we've talked about before, being some sort of liturgical term for a specialized psalm or something, but nobody can actually agree as to what it means. And this is a very straightforward psalm, a little on the long side, so we have it by itself again this week. Let's get right down into it. Psalm 74. O God, why do you cast us off forever? Why does your anger smoke against the sheep of your pasture? Remember your congregation which you have purchased of old, which you have redeemed to be the tribe of your heritage. Remember Mount Zion where you have dwelt. Direct your steps to the perpetual ruins. The enemy has destroyed everything in the sanctuary. Your foes have roared in the midst of your meeting place. They set up their own signs for signs. They were like those who swing axes in a forest of trees. And all its carved wood they broke down with hatchets and hammers. They set your sanctuary on fire. They profaned the dwelling place of your name, bringing it down to the ground. They said to themselves, We will utterly subdue them. They burned all the meeting places of God in the land. We do not see our signs. There is no longer any prophet, and there is none among us who knows how long. How long, O oh God, is the foe to scoff? Is the enemy to revile your name forever? Why do you hold back your hand, your right hand? Take it from the fold of your garment and destroy them. Yet God, my king, is from of old, working salvation in the midst of the earth. You divided the sea by your might. You broke the heads of the sea monsters on the waters. You crushed the heads of Leviathan. You gave him as food for the creatures of the wilderness. You split open springs and brooks. You dried up ever-flowing streams. Yours is the day, yours also the night. You have established the heavenly lights in the sun. You have fixed all the boundaries of the earth. You have made summer and winter. Remember this, O Lord, how the enemy scoffs and a foolish people reviles your name. Do not deliver the soul of the dove to the wild beast. Do not forget the life of your poor forever. Have regard for the covenant, for the dark places of the land are full of the habitations of violence. Let not the downtrodden turn back in shame. Let the poor and needy praise your name. Arise, O God, defend your cause. Remember how the foolish scoff at you all the day. Do not forget the clamor of your foes, the uproar of those who rise against you, which goes up continually. So far, Psalm 74. Quite a bit to say in this psalm, especially when it regards the dating of the psalm, because there are many things in here that lead the dating of Asaph, which we didn't talk about last week. But at least this Asaph who writes this one, maybe not the same Asaph as 73 if he's one of those who were brought in like Korah to be one of the singers in the Davidic tabernacle cycles. But here we have Israel being destroyed, and especially Mount Zion and the temple. So we have to place this as either after the Babylonian captivity or a prophecy of the Babylonian captivity. But I want to take it as being after the Babylonian captivity. One of those times, like with Ezekiel and Daniel, where we have inspired words from God in the midst of the captivity. 
Maybe it's one of them that was left behind in Jerusalem. But here is the question. What is God doing about all this? The first question, O God, why do you cast us off forever? Why does your anger smoke against the sheep of your pasture? And we have this over again in Psalm 95, the great venite from the matin service, that we are the sheep of his pasture. And that is what we are called to be as Christians. But why is he angry? Why does he continue to let the evil ones win? Well, it's because of our sin. And that is the sole purpose for the Babylonian captivity. That was the sole purpose for all of the trouble of the Israelites in the Old Testament, the Christians in the New Testament, and the Christians now as well. Our sin is what gives us problems. But the question itself shows the despair that is there in the people. Because God will not cast us off forever regardless of how sinful we are because we are sinners and we will continue to sin because we still have that old Adam clinging to us. But even baptized Christians have that old Adam. He's not dead. But God has promised because of the baptism, because of his word in with the water, you have the forgiveness of your sins. You have the promise of his peace and grace and mercy and love. So we will not be cast off forever, just like Judah was not cast off forever. But it's not because of them. It's because of him, his promise that he made. First to Adam and Eve, and then to Noah, and then to Abraham, and then to David. All of these promises that lead up to Jesus, which is one of those wonderful ways that God has brought this whole podcast together to have these words right before Christmas is that reminder that no, God has not cast us off forever, but he sent his son as the babe of Bethlehem to show us that God is with us, that God is here. His anger no longer smokes at us because that baby would grow up to be the man on the cross who would receive all of the anger of God, all of his wrath, all of his punishment that he wants to give to all of humanity. There we have a perfect example, not only from the Babylonian captivity and the destruction of the temple, but from Good Friday for verses 4 through 8. Your foes have roared in the midst of your meeting place. They set up their own signs for signs. They were like those who swing axes in a forest of trees, and all its carved wood they broke down with hatchets and hammers. They set your sanctuary on fire. They profaned the dwelling place of your name, bringing it down to the ground. They said to themselves, We will utterly subdue them. They burned all the meeting places of God in the land. Now, no, the Jewish high priest and Pharisees and Sadducees did not tear down Jerusalem. They tore down the Christ. They tore down the one who came to save them, the one they refused to see. And so 
he is destroyed so that you and I do not get destroyed, that we are not cast off forever. But there are many times we get into dark places where we don't see those signs. We don't see his mercy. We don't see his peace. We don't see his grace in this world. And that is a very horrible feeling when you don't know how God could love you, how God can be merciful and peaceful and good with all of the evil going on. It's not a good feeling to have that loneliness and truly the loneliness of hell because that is what hell will be is the being cut off from God, being cast off forever with no promise of reprieve, only the promise of continued torment. But the signs are still there. Look in your church. How many crosses are there in the church? If you're like our Savior, we have a cross up front, we have the processional cross, and we actually have crosses on the ends of each one of our pews. So we have plenty of crosses, plenty of signs all over the place. Need another one that you don't have to be in the church building for. Right here with us right now. We're looking at it in the word of God. His promises are always good. He never breaks his promise. We may not see it being fulfilled right now because we live in a world darkened by sin. We live in a world that seeks the destruction of Christ still. But Christ will not be destroyed. He showed that on Easter morning. They did everything they could. They even killed him on Good Friday, buried in the ground. But the grave did not keep him. He burst forth from the grave on Easter morning. Therefore, the foe no longer scoffs. He no longer praises himself because he knows he'd been defeated. But again, he will make it look like, verse 11, Why do you hold back your hand? Take it from the fold of your garment and destroy them. Like God is just sitting around with his hands in his pockets, going, hmm, well, I'll get to it sometime. No, God is not, does not have his hands in his pockets. He is there working for us and with us and through us all the time. Yet God, my king, is from of old, verse 12 says, working salvation in the midst of the earth. And talks about all the things that he did in establishing the world in the first place in creation. And then we end with the great promise that, the, that Asaph wants us to remember because it's what brings him through the dark days. Have regard for the covenant. Remember your promises because those promises are what get us through from one day to the next, from one moment to the next. Because it is only in our belief in those promises being fulfilled that we can find a way to get through this life. But even then, there is the cry at the end. Arise, O God, defend your cause. Remember how foolish scoff at you all the day. Do not remember, do not forget the clamor of your foes, the uproar of those who rise against you, which goes up continually. Don't forget 
what these people do. Don't forget how they mock you and your people, the sheep of your pasture. Remember and come and defend your cause. Show us to be in the right. And ultimately that comes when Jesus returns on the last day. When he brings all of us who believe in him to celebrate with him in that marriage feast of the Lamb which lasts forever. That time where we wait in this life to go on to be with him forever. That is the pure joy that we want. That is the pure joy that we wait for as Christians. But again, we have the issues of living in a dark world. But brothers and sisters, Jesus is the light in this dark world. And we see that again, especially as we prepare our hearts and minds for Christmas. All right, that's it for this week for Psalm 74. This is Pastor Doug Minton thanking you for digging deeper with me into the Psalms. I encourage you to come back, listen on Monday for the Confessional Corner as we continue to go through the Apology of the Augsburg Confession. We have the O Antiphons being brought on as we prepare our minds for Christmas, going through the ancient prayers of the church. And then for the 12 days of Christmas, we do have that special programming as well. So I encourage you to be here for that as we take notice that God has arisen. He has defended his cause, and he did that by sending Jesus. And with that sending and with the promises that he attaches, we are able to wrestle with the theologies around us. Amen.